I'm Leslie Ferry, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of Brise, a mobile app designed to empower individuals and ignite their career success. My personal experiences, a lifelong career in technology, and a deep desire to build something that helps others experience more joy and less stress and anxiety at work led me to create Brise. On our Bright and Wise podcast, we integrate practical skills development guidance with stories of exceptional people who share how they got to where they are today and where they want to go next. My vision is a world where everyone is happy with who they are, skilled at overcoming adversity, and achieving their goals for success. Keep listening to hear how you can become bright and wise. to the Bright and Wise podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Ferry. In this episode, I'm going to share a personal experience, one that I had early on in my career, which certainly felt like a mistake at the time and probably more aptly a failure. But it led me to focus on developing critical thinking, which has actually served me very well throughout my life and career since. So looking back, I'm now quite thankful for the experience although I was not very thankful at the time. But let's start first by talking a little bit about critical thinking to help put my experience in context. Critical thinking is described as thinking about thinking. We think critically when we evaluate uh, how we're thinking about a topic. Now, I appreciate this might sound confusing or even circular. So to be more direct, critical thinking is a measure of how deeply we think about a topic. Do we have a surface knowledge of something or do we know a topic in depth with facts that support our ideas or opinions, some type of justification for our opinion or belief? Critical thinking also has significant benefits because it leads to sounder decision-making, stronger problem-solving, and an ability to adapt. But our hyper-urgent, always-in-motion lifestyle and a desire for an instant answer can cause us to forget to think critically at times. Consider the explosive speed of digital technology and processing power, and the fact that we have never been more inundated with information. News of an event spreads within seconds of it happening. Think about how quickly you learned of the monumental events that took place in 2020. Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash, the NBA suspending their season due to COVID-19, Broadway deciding to go dark? And when we don't know something, we simply Google it and up pops pages and pages of possible answers. But how deeply do we read into the search results? Here are a couple of interesting stats. 75% of people do not scroll past the first page of Google. And 25% of people only click on the first search result. Now, these statistics may not take into account the relevancy of the search results. So maybe many of us continue to refine our search words to get closer to the information that we're seeking. But even if so, we most likely only read one or two of the search results. That process seems a little limiting when you think about it, doesn't it? And being a critical thinker is becoming more and more important in the workplace. In the times leading up to my decision to found my company, I've read countless surveys that highlight the desire for employees to possess strong thinking skills, like critical thinking, 
problem solving, and innovation and creativity ideation. The World Economic Forum reviewed the labor market trends, and they identified 10 skills that employees will need to possess at a high competency level in the next several years in order to thrive in their career in what's now being called the new technical economy. And the first is problem solving, but they don't mean finding a solution. What is more important is having and performing a sound process to defining a solution and a successful implementation plan. The solution definition process requires critical thinking. And by the way, critical thinking is number two on the World Economic Forum's list. So back to what critical thinking is. It's not about thinking harder, but thinking better. It's an ability to consider information and data from different angles to form a sound opinion. And it can lead to the development of foresight, which can help us avoid unintended consequences. It is the process of challenging information, considering its source and biases, the biases of the information source itself, and then our own cognitive biases. Okay, with that as context, let's get into my story. I was in my late 20s and had been working for a Fortune 500 company for about six years. Over that time, I I had had the great opportunity to work on various new potential products, I was actually often recruited to help on these special projects to research uh, new opportunities. And I had won many quarterly awards for my work. I had been working on a new team for what I think was about three months. Um, We were again researching a new product opportunity based on some of the frustrations we heard our customers experiencing. And I was asked to put together and present my recommendation to my boss's boss. So... As you might imagine, as a young 20-something, this was a big deal to me. I worked long hours for several weeks reviewing third-party market data and feedback from our own market research, from our customers and prospects. And from all of that information, I refined my recommendation for how I thought we should move forward. And so I was pretty confident going into the meeting because I had given my presentation in a dry run to several of my colleagues to get their feedback, and they seemed to like it. They said they followed my logic and agreed with my recommendation, that it seemed rational based on on my analysis. So then it was time to meet. And so as I'm in the meeting, I thought it was going pretty well. When my boss's boss asked if I had considered a different data point, I shared that I hadn't. So she walked me through why she thought I should give it a consideration, which I certainly appreciated. I made a note to uh, look into her suggestion in more detail later, and then I continued on with the presentation, which I think took like another 20 minutes or so. As my direct boss and I were leaving, standing to leave, I, I remember thinking, well, that went pretty well, so I was feeling pretty good. As my boss and I were walking down the hall, she, uh, my boss looked at me and asked, why didn't you consider this suggestion that her boss had made? I was caught a little off guard for several reasons. First, uh, her tone suggested like I'd made some fatal error. The suggestion her boss made seemed small to me compared to the bigger total market opportunity and approach considerations we were talking about. And then the rest of the meeting really felt like it went quite well to me. So I, I was a little taken back. Now, I don't recall exactly how I replied, but I definitely remember how I felt. And it certainly was not as though I was being valued. 
I had put a lot of time and effort into that presentation, but I felt like I had failed to do a good job. And I knew I never wanted to feel that way again. So now I deeply analyze data and consider many different possible reactions to an action. As you may have heard in our first episode, I also search for or think about reactions to actions several layers deep in a process. So not, not just the next or second possible reaction, but the third or fourth or fifth potential reaction. This deep thinking and analysis has helped me to develop strong problem solving and potential problem prediction, or better known as foresight. Now, this experience also taught me another very valuable lesson. As an employee, our job is to make our boss's or manager's job easier. They want to trust that we will do an exceptional job without the need for a significant amount of input or guidance. They give us the opportunity to meet or overcome a challenge. This may sound counterintuitive, but we are paid to be experts, not someone who needs to be told step-by-step what to do. So at first, I'm sure I was pretty unhappy with my boss for making me feel inadequate. I probably thought, but, but wait a minute, I report to you. You should have thought of the possibility that your boss brought up, but my boss had trusted me to deliver what was needed. Now, remember, I had been working for this company for six years, so I had had the opportunity to develop industry knowledge and our brand knowledge. So now I know that once you have overcome those type of learning curves, you are offered trust, that your bosses will trust you. I now know that from this trust is freedom to explore new opportunities and develop new ways of doing things. When someone trusts you to not only deliver on task and a job description, you have the opportunity to impact the path and success of your company. Now, it's taken me many years to realize this, and I am not discounting my feelings at the time. They were real and, of course, in my opinion, warranted. But I needed to feel and experience that mistake so that I could turn it into a learning experience. As a quick aside, I've also come to realize my boss was not considering her team as individuals, understanding where each of us were in our growth opportunities. So she was lacking a little bit of empathetic concern, which is needed to be a strong leader. But that's a different story for another podcast. If you listen to my first podcast, you heard that I need data and I can dig deep into it until I feel good about trusting an opinion or recommendation. In reflecting on my strengths and weaknesses, I believe this situation was a defining career moment. And anyone who has ever worked for me would definitely be shaking their head right now in agreement. She does ask a lot of questions, (laughs) but I do because in those situations, I'm actually interested in, of course, making sure we don't cause unintended consequences, but I'm also really trying to help my team strengthen their thinking and to help them make sure that we have made together a sound recommendation, always thinking beyond the next immediate or the second immediate reaction. Okay, so let's get back to critical thinking and what it is. It is a process of thinking about thinking. And in our environment of strong opinions everywhere, critical thinkers are able to tell the difference between fact and fiction. They don't just accept the data point as fact. They consider the source, how the source was gathered, and 
if it has been manipulated to attempt to influence our opinions in some way. They consider the biases of the information source and their own cognitive biases. Critical thinkers think differently about a situation, and they often gather multiple sources of data on a topic to ensure that they've considered that situation from a variety of angles. They don't immediately assume that what they have heard or read is accurate. In the moment of my experience, I felt very much like a failure, like I had not delivered on what I said I would do, and I had somehow breached the trust of my boss. And that's probably true. But now I'm very thankful that I had that experience so early on in my career. It made me become a stronger, more trusted and valued employee, thanks to my deeper thinking. You can learn more about critical thinking, approaches to developing it, and how to determine if you have cognitive biases in the Bryce app. We also have included exercises that you can practice to develop your critical thinking. Oh, and are you wondering what the other eight skills the World Economic Forum identified that are needed to thrive at work today? They are in order, after problem solving and critical thinking, creativity, people management, coordinating with others, also known as collaboration, emotional intelligence and self-awareness, judgment and decision-making, service orientation, negotiation, and cognitive flexibility, which is the ability to initiate learning and take responsibility for your own professional development. If you find our podcast interesting, please leave us a rating and review so others can benefit too. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.